Welcome once again to my podcast. I'm so excited that you guys came on here to listen to another episode. Today is gonna be fun. We are going to be talking about how we can find Jesus in the book of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. Um, the book of Psalms is definitely like my go-to book in the Bible. Like when I don't know what to read for the day or like I'm not following my devotion. I would find myself in the book of Psalms just because it's very expressive. It tells us about people that just want to please God, people that have a heart for people, people that desire to do whatever God wants them to do. They were very willing and obedient. They wanted to go the ways of God. They were people of status, of influence, people that were in like high position. And all they wanted was to ensure that in everything that they did, they exalted the word of God above what they wanted. And they saw the word of God of so much value. There's this popular chapter that even as a kid, you know, we had to memorize it for Bible study. But I want us to think deep about it. It is Psalms 23 verse 1. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. When you think about this, like, what does it mean, the Lord is my shepherd? First of all, I want to highlight the fact that it doesn't say the Lord was my shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. That shows us that it's something that is continuous. It's something that just remains. The Lord will always be my shepherd. It is also personalized. David was the one that wrote this chapter, and I just love how he personalizes it and says, the Lord is my shepherd. Like he didn't bring in a prophet's name or anybody else, but he was so confident in who God was. Now let's talk about it. What is the role of a shepherd? A shepherd's role is to protect, is to provide, and is to ensure that every one of his flock, every of the sheep, they are all safe. So the shepherd leads the sheep. And the sheep essentially follows the shepherd because they know that they cannot defend themselves. They can't do anything by themselves. And they know that in order to be safe and protected, they have to follow the shepherd. Now, let's think about this. There is a cool thing here in the sense that when we think about it and we make an analogy about this, Jesus himself, when he was in the world, he says, I am the great shepherd. Yours it is like Jesus identifies himself as the one who leads us. So that means if we follow his leading, we would always be covered, we would always be protected, we would always be safe because he is our good shepherd. The book of John even goes further to say that the sheep knows his voice. There is no way the shepherd is leading the sheep and the sheep are confused. Like Jesus is our great shepherd and it is very vital to our safety that we don't make decisions by ourselves, that we don't think that, you know, I can do this. Because we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us, but not by our own power. And this just reminds me of the verse that says, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, let's talk about Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. I think this book all combined together has so much wisdom in it. And essentially, the theme is wisdom as well. 
I mean, when we think about it, like Solomon was probably the one that wrote like majority of these um, chapters. And we can see wisdom just speaking to us in these books. I love that he tells us how to get wisdom. He tells us the beginning of wisdom. And he says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the fear of God doesn't mean like, you know, you have to be afraid of God or you can speak to God. Like, it doesn't mean any of all those things. What the fear of God means is having honor and reverence for God. That means you care about what he says when he says to do something. Like, we obey because we have that fear of God that, you know, I care about God. And whatever he says is important to me. That's how all the fear of God means. And it's surprisingly that he says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That means in order for us to actually be wise, we need to obey God. And in this generation, there is just so much like opinions of people. There is so much knowledge and information going out there. Like anybody can pick up a phone and look up anything that they're confused about and just find like so many sources, so many opinions. So now like it becomes a stage where we will be like, okay, so like what is true? What do we believe? But having the fear of God, like just having God beside you, the Bible says in Ephesians that Christ is the wisdom of God and he would give wisdom to anybody that desires wisdom. So the wisdom is available to us if we can only ask. And towards the end, before we start reading, I'll pray that as we go through this thing called life, that we would just be able to know what to do. Because wisdom is not just having the information. Like, if I ask somebody, like, how do I make a successful Instagram business, they would tell me, you know, the key is consistency. But the real question is, have you applied it? You have experience with it. And oftentimes they're not, it's a no. That's why people can pay thousands of dollars to listen to great speakers like Tony Robbins and so on and so forth. Because not only do these people know what they are saying, they've tested and they've applied it. So wisdom goes beyond just having information. Wisdom is applying. And of course there's good wisdom and bad wisdom, but essentially like wisdom is not a thing of this world. Wisdom is divine. It is special. Not everybody has wisdom. People have like knowledge. We think we know it all. Anyways, it's very important to pray for wisdom. It's important to ask God for wisdom because he says, if you ask me, I will give it to you. And just always remember Christ is the wisdom of God. He's the embodiment of God. And now when we move to Ecclesiastes, we see a guy, of course, Solomon, saying all is vanity, vanity upon vanity. But let's backtrack a little bit. So when Solomon was in his very young, early age, he gave a huge bond offering unto God. And God was so pleased. Again, I would use the phrase, it rose up to God as a sweet smelling aroma. And God was so pleased. And God was like, what do you want? This young man asked for wisdom. He wanted to know how to differentiate between good and evil. It's not a good thing to ask for. But I mean, people in this age might probably say like, I want money. I want to be famous. But he asked for wisdom. This wisdom was so essential because of the wisdom he had. Thousands of people, kings and queens from different countries, 
would come to listen to Solomon. They wanted to just hear his wisdom. They would bring him gifts. I mean, just think about the blessings of wisdom. And I'll say one thing, like, if anybody has wisdom, you cannot be broke with wisdom because your gift is going to make way for you. Any skillful person is wise because, I mean, you know what you're doing. So, like, wisdom is so important. Everybody back in the day wanted to hear what Solomon had to say because they knew it was going to be filled with wisdom and God blessed him so much. But eventually Solomon's wisdom got tainted and rather than using his wisdom for the things of God, he got deceived by women. He got attracted by their beauty. He decided to have many wives and concubines and eventually he ended up saying all his vanity. This man was the king so obviously he had everything that he wanted at his footstep because of course he was the king and eventually after his so-called enjoyment he came to the conclusion that god was what was most important as he should have known but of course he wanted to experiment he wanted to try different things and he did and he ended up saying i regret this decision all this vanity it looked good from the outside like having the fear of God, enjoying what God has to offer and thanking God for every single day. Like that's all that matters. So we can go back and connect this scripture and say wisdom is essential and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Another verse that also says wisdom is the most important thing. Therefore, in all you're getting, get understanding. If you know anyone that's wise, like you are blessed to have them because you would know what to do. Wisdom like is important to direct. Wisdom is so important in every area of life. It brings solution. It brings peace because I mean, you just know what to do. So I'm going to pray for us right now because God has said, if we need wisdom, we can ask. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you because you are such a good and generous God. And you are the wisdom of God. You said if we ask anything in your name, you will be given to us. And you even asked us to ask for wisdom because you are a generous giver. So dear God, today we ask for wisdom. We ask that you would just show us what to do. You would teach us the right thing to do and we would apply it at the right time. And you would help us in every area of our lives that need clarity, oh God. We just praise and worship you. We thank you because you are good and your mercies and yours forever, amen. Alright guys, we are going to begin our reading, Finding Jesus in Psalms. He is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Psalms 23 verse 1 and 2. Virtually every educated mind in the English-speaking world has heard the words of these psalms of King David. These words to our loving shepherd have been spoken by many a soldier under a star-filled sky during a dark night in a foxhole on some faraway battlefield. These are the words whose syllables have been formed by and whispered through the lips of many while dying 
on a bed of affliction. These are the very words like a lullaby for fear that have brought hope and peace to millions across the centuries. When, in a Galilean setting, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. John 10 verse 11 Every hearer's mind must have raised back to these words of the psalmist, The Lord is my shepherd. Psalms 23 verse 1 One of the clearest pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament is here, in this old and often repeated psalm. The first five words hold the key and form the foundation of the entire chapter, The Lord is my shepherd. Once sealed in our hearts, these words speak volumes about our own relationship with this Good Shepherd. Not the first two words, the Lord. The scripture does not say, Our Lord is my shepherd. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. There is no other Lord. He is preeminent. If you speak of Washington, I can speak of Lincoln. If you speak of Beethoven, I can speak of Handel. If you speak of Alexander, I can speak of Napoleon. But when it comes to Christ, he stands alone. He has no peer. There is only one Lord. Only the records of heaven have recorded how many Matthias have laid down their lives and met their death because they insisted on the first two words of this psalm, the Lord. They gave their lives to proclaim the truth. Jesus is the one and only Lord. David continued, The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, the depth of meaning of this little two-letter word. This good shepherd, Jesus, is with me right now. This is not past tense. It does not say, The Lord was my shepherd. It is not future tense. It does not say, The Lord will be my shepherd. He is not only preeminent, he is present. The Lord is my shepherd. He is with us at this present moment to meet our immediate needs. But there is more. The psalm is said, The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is intensely personal. There is a huge difference between saying, The Lord is a shepherd and saying, The Lord is my shepherd. What a difference comes to life circumstances and situations with that little word, mine. We may hear of someone's child who is deathly sick and have compassion and feel sorrow. But what a vast difference it makes if it is my child. This is not just any shepherd of whom David speaks. This is my shepherd. You are not simply some insignificant speck of protoplasm in this vast array of solar system. The fact that the God of this universe is concerned about you and me personally gives purpose and meaning to our brief sojourn here on this small planet, suspended in the vastness of the immeasurable universe. Say it softly and think on this wonderful truth, the Lord is my shepherd. 1,000 years after David penned these words, Jesus made it clearly known he was the one the psalmist spoke of saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. John 10 verse 11. We find Jesus our shepherd savior here in the Psalms. We find that Jesus is not only preeminent, present and personal, he is also protective. The Lord is my shepherd. 
One of the primary tasks of a shepherd is to protect the sheep. Without a good shepherd, the sheep could not find their way to water or to other life's necessities. The shepherd keeps a constant vigil, watching for wild animals or other dangers that might harm his sheep. A good shepherd also goes after the sheep that strays from the fold. Who could ever forget the story Jesus told of the lost sheep in Luke 15? Without a shepherd, sheep are virtually helpless. They cannot find their way through treacherous mountain passes or run fast enough to escape a predator, nor are they strong enough to defend themselves. Sheep are not prepared for flight or fight. Just as sheep need their shepherd, so do we need ours? Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. To this very day, Bedouin shepherds can be seen on the hillsides of Judea, walking with their sheep along the mountain path. They are always in front of the sheep, never behind them. That is because, unlike other men with their cattle, shepherds never drive their sheep. Shepherds lead and the sheep follow. Our Lord will never force us or drive us against our will. He leads us and all we have to do is follow. As we journey through God's word together, we are finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. No clearer picture of him is found than here in the book of Psalms. He is our shepherd. From his own lips comes these poignant words. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. John 10, 27. Are you listening? Are you following? I think this book is a great chapter because Psalms is just like super interesting and it's just a reminder to us that God is actually our shepherd. People are not our shepherd. They can be our mentor. They could be our advisors. But Jesus is our shepherd. And it's very important to know this. So we follow whatever he tells us to do. We desire for him to lead us and for us to follow. Because that's the only way we can be protected. Right? That's the job and role of a shepherd. So now we are going to move to finding Jesus in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. He is our wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Proverbs 4 verse 7 For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 26 King Solomon is purported to be the wisest man who ever lived. He left us the Old Testament books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Wisdom is the common thread woven through the words of these books. In the 31 chapters of Proverbs, we find the words wise or wisdom 113 times, and in Ecclesiastes 12 brief chapters, we find these words 49 times. Wisdom is the theme that permeates and penetrates every page of these books of wisdom. The Apostle Paul revealed that Christ became for us wisdom from God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. Even more explicitly, he referred to Christ as the wisdom of God. Verse 24. We find Jesus here in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. He is our wisdom. 
We live in a world where knowledge is literally at our fingertips and exploding at an exponential pace. The internet brings to everyone instant information of global events in real time. Many of today's textbooks are obsolete and out of date before the print is even dry. With just a click of a mouse, we have access to more knowledge through numerous computer search engines than at any time in history. Yet, wisdom seems practically non-existent. Lives are in shambles. Position, power, and prosperity have not brought the peace and purpose they promised. There is a stark difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. With dedication and determination, anyone can accumulate facts. But what we need today is wisdom. The ability to take those facts, discern them, and put them into practice to address our needs in real-life situations. Before Solomon ever penned Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, at not yet 20 years of age, he was about to be crowned king of Israel. It would be no small task to follow the steps of his father, King David, one of the most dynamic and successful leaders in all human history. But when God asked Solomon a rather pointed question, what shall I give you? 1 Kings 3 verse 5. The young man had the right answer. His priorities were in the right order. He didn't have to ponder or think long and add enough about his answer. Right away, he requested, Give to your servant an understanding heart that I may discern between good and evil. Verse 9. Solomon's desire was for the wisdom that is from above not the wisdom of this world. So a simple request was for wisdom. Years later, when penning one of his proverbs, Solomon wrote, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 7. Unfortunately, in the midst of unrestrained power, Solomon's focus began to ever so slowly change. When he became an old man, bitterness filled his heart he wrote Ecclesiastes to show us the folly of many of these things we deemed so important or even essential. Such things as learning, laughter, liquor, luxury, and lust. Then he arrived at his ultimate conclusion. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 8. The last chapter of Ecclesiastes paints a picture of an old man whose heart could no longer hear from God. And so his final appeal to us was this, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come. Verse 1 Solomon concluded Ecclesiastes with what he called the conclusion of the whole matter. In his final word, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Verse 14 Truth will always win in the end, and Jesus is the truth and the wisdom of God. Christ Jesus is our wisdom. James in the New Testament said that this heavenly wisdom is from above, James 3 verse 17, and offer this invitation. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. James 1 verse 5. Wisdom is God's own supernatural gift, given to any and all who simply ask for it. 
The Apostle Paul acknowledged this very fact while praying for the believers in Ephesus. He prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Ephesians 1 verse 17 A thousand years earlier, Solomon acknowledged this when he wrote, The Lord gives wisdom. Proverbs 2 verse 6 A key to abiding in this wisdom from above is repeated throughout Proverbs as Solomon wrote, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 10 The door to receiving this supernatural wisdom is opened by walking daily in the fear of the Lord. Who is doing that today? Who can define what it really means? Living in the fear of the Lord is not fearing that God will put his hand of retribution on you. Rather, it is fearing that he might take his hands of blessing and anointing off of you. It is no wonder Solomon concluded the books of Ecclesiastes with these words. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. Now when the wisest men, whoever lived, said this and was inspired by the Holy Spirit himself to say it, we should perk up our ears. Living in the fear of the Lord is the very beginning of the journey towards wisdom. This wisdom which we all so desperately need comes to us by the living word, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is the power of God and the wisdom of God, and who became for us wisdom from God, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24 and 30. True wisdom begins and ends with Jesus. We come to know this living word through his written word, the Bible. This is why Paul in his last letter before being beheaded wrote to Timothy saying, From childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15 As we journey through the wisdom of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, we find Jesus in every page. He is the personification of wisdom and he freely dispenses it to all who ask. Go ahead ask. I think this um, book of the Bible is just very interesting because we live in today's world where we know we need wisdom. <laughs> There's so much information going out there like you can look online and literally find like numerous amount of opinions but true wisdom is only found in God because he knew us before we were formed. He created the world including the universe so he knows what to do and it's very paramount that we ask him for direction on what to do and what steps to go because he knows it all so i guess the big thing here we can take away is wisdom is from above the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom and christ is the wisdom of god so we need to go ahead and ask because he said ask and it shall be given unto you amen I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode.